Okay, so where where where, where have we been for the last month? Oh man, well, so it's actually been what six weeks. The last episode we released was actually recorded on the thirtieth of April, and for reference, it is now the seventeenth of June. Eighteenth. Eighteenth. Oh, okay, fine. So we're just after E three. Where have we been? You went to the UK. Yes, I've booked us a nice manor for July. For the next trip to the UK. When you yeah. say you've booked us a nice manor, yeah. it's because it's your wedding. Oh, yeah, ruin it like that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't give people the wrong impression, Tim. <laughs> don't, don't, uh, don't tease. April's not listening to this anymore, so it's fine. April's go. not listening to this anymore. <laughs> we can make a test. We can see if April's listening. Yeah. yeah. So it's in Cheltenham. And in July, we, we can't say anymore, otherwise you'll gate crash us. <laughs> And when you returned from the UK on your most recent trip, you also brought back my Oculus. Yes, I did. So we, we tried that out too. But we're not going to talk about it today because no. we've got, like, got way too much to talk about. We've left a massive gap between recordings and then E3 happened as well. Which is good timing, actually. But it also meant we don't have a pre-E3 recording. We do have a pre-E3 recording. I just failed to edit it in time. I've been busy at work. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Oh yes, welcome to Lost Levels Club. So, I'm Mike, you're Ting. Yep. Uh, are we going to go with those names? Are you going to make up amusing names? No, so Mike, and you're... I'll always be your faithful manservant. Ting Ting. It seems. <laughs> ting Ting, the manservant. Anyway, E3. E3. So, didn't really care about this, if I'm honest. Was struggling to find a reason to care. Yeah, I was also kind of meh. But then I accidentally watched the Microsoft keynote... And then suddenly I was hooked. That was quite early on as well. That was Sunday night. Was it Sunday night? Monday night. It was Monday night. Is that right? Oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know. My my mind's all mixed up. I had to work insane hours this week. I was I started work at like one in the morning. It on... wasn't Sunday night because you were playing Division. We were playing Division until like midnight. Then I went to work for 1am. And then my sense of day and night and everything has all been mixed up. I was awake to watch the Microsoft E3 press conference, whenever the hell that was. Monday morning in the States. Monday morning in the States, which was Tuesday, super early a.m., like 1am for us. And yeah, I was hooked. I was not really planning to go deep dive into E3, but I ended up watching the whole Microsoft conference. And then I, it was much more compelling than I expected. And then for equal opportunity reasons, I then watched the Sony one and... I didn't watch it live, but I also watched the Nintendo one. Yeah, way more interesting than I expected. This is all you, by the way. This is all me? Because I, before I spoke to you, I didn't care for anything about Microsoft. I didn't follow their presser. And only because we wanted to talk about it, have I tried to get my arse in gear. So we did actually have a Phantom pre-E3 predictions episode that we recorded and did not release. And in that, I think you were asking, oh, what games are you interested in? What what stuff are you particularly keen on? If we come up upon some of those things, we'll mention it. You did ask about Dead Rising 4. Was I excited? And I was like, oh, no, I'm done with it. And actually, this is going to be a theme, actually. This is going to be, amusingly, a theme as we go through these press conferences. The Microsoft press conference, what was exciting about it? The games, Dead Rising 4, I was not expecting to be excited, but the trailer excited me again. It was like a throwback to the first Dead Rising. It was irreverent. It was funny. Frank West is back. Uh, it looks fun. I, I think I just really enjoyed the choice of music, like the, the Christmas theme. Beyond that, not sure. But interestingly, all the first party published 
um, Microsoft games are now plays anywhere. I think you said maybe Halo will not be included in this. I guess they haven't announced the next Halo game yet. Yeah. So too early to tell, but plays anywhere. So all of the games they talked about in their presser were on Xbox One and Windows 10. So I am quite interested in Dead Rising 4 after all, and I can play it on my PC. So no need to buy an Xbox One since I don't really want yet another box under my TV. What else was there in the conference? What disappointed you? Final Fantasy 15? Final Fantasy 15? I haven't played any of the Final Fantasy 15 demos that have come out. And then they brought on stage, you know, is it Tabata-san and some other dude? I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm going to pretend to remember their names. To play live Final Fantasy 15 on Xbox One. And this supposedly epic battle with Titan, like some Earth, Aeon, Elemental, Guardian Force, whatever they're called in this one. I thought it looked really boring. I was not impressed. I thought it looked, I thought it just looked really dull and like mashy and not fun. It didn't have the flashy insanity of 13 where it's just like crazy backflips and explosions and nuts. Like you're barely controlling 13. It practically plays itself and not in an interesting way like 12, but just literally mash the control pad because the computer's going to make a better decision than you in the two seconds you've got to make your mind up. But 15, it, it wasn't flashy like that. Nor was it tactical like the older Final Fantasy games where you have more time to think about it and you're having to decide, oh, is it a good time to use an ice spell? Or maybe I should, uh, you know, heal now. Or maybe I should just do a physical attack and try and interrupt them. Uh, it wasn't like that either. It just seemed really boring. Sure, the thing they were fighting was really huge, but there didn't seem to be any decision making to it. And it didn't even look that good either. So, yeah, Final Fantasy 15 looking quite disappointing right now. But you'll play it for the story. Will I? I don't know. I, I I do feel like I was kind of done with Final Fantasy after 13. So I don't know. I'm going to do a ting and wait for Metacritic to decide for me whether it's good or not. Okay. There could be worse things you could do. And then, and then what else? What else? They announced actually quite a few games as well, didn't they? We Happy Few, I think I said, was... Something I'd never heard of before. I'm quite interested. I I thought the setting seemed interesting, but I was a bit meh about it. I was like, oh, is this just going to be an FPS in a funny British dystopia? But then I heard it's a survival game, and then suddenly I'm much more interested. Okay, you like this hardship. I I think the idea of trying to survive, but not you're not trying to survive in the wilderness. If this is is a survival game set in dystopian London... That's interesting. That's different. I mean, the setting's really interesting. Everyone's on happy pills all the time. And if you're a downer, if you're not happy, the police will come and beat you to death with truncheons. I don't know. I know very little about it. I know next to nothing about it other than the setting. And I heard some mention that it was a survival game. So my interest is peaked. We'll see. That one's quite soon, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's quite soon. It's probably is it like next month or something. Yeah. So I won't have long to wait. Yeah, other than that, Play anywhere, play anywhere, play anywhere, and not even all through the App Store. Yeah. They'll release on Steam as well. We'll see. Uh, so, like I said, I'm actually surprisingly positive about this. I was really surprised by Microsoft's press conference. The games looked good. Play Anywhere was a pleasant surprise. And the hardware, obviously. That was the big thing for me. Yeah, and it all started off with the controllers. They're offering customizable controllers. I don't... I don't understand why Sony don't do this yet. I guess they will. They might. 
Yeah, I thought this was cute. Part of me is like, oh, this is just such bullshit. But another part of me is like, oh, actually, they look quite cool. They do actually look quite cool. Would I actually really buy one? Probably not. Really? You wouldn't want a controller with your name engraved on it? <sighs> well, not particularly. Like, I just don't really... But I, I can definitely see if you're going to like a LAN party, you're going to a gaming event, bringing your own customized controller in, in your own colors with like your gamer tag on it. That's actually pretty neat. You can use it for your retro. I can, I can bring it to a retro gaming meetup. Yeah, to play my ultra modern Xbox games. No, you're right. Emulator stuff, baby. Yeah, but the customizable controllers and then they've redesigned the Xbox One controller. So it's Bluetooth now and I think it's got textured grips. I've actually just got a current Xbox One controller with the Oculus and it is actually quite nice. It's a big improvement over the Xbox 360 controller uh, in lots of very subtle ways. So making it even better. Um, yeah, no complaints. If the new one is Bluetooth, what's, what do you have now? Oh, it, it comes with a dongle so for the proprietary Xbox wireless, whatever it's doing. Okay. Mm. So I guess we can move on. We can move on to the actual more interesting hardware. Okay, the slightly less interesting well, one first. <laughs> yeah, so there's the Xbox One S. Yeah. S has traditionally been used by Xbox for their... what? Because they had an S controller before. Oh yeah, the controller S. It's just smaller, slimmer. So they've used that suffix before. They're using it again. It does 4K output now, but it doesn't do 4K games. No. Not just, unsurprisingly. So it's a 4K Blu-ray player in there. I guess streaming as well. Yeah, I think so. I think Netflix will do 4K in, at least in some areas or for some, for some video. So I think you could use it for that. There's a built-in IR blaster. So there was an IR blaster before, but it was external. <laughs> you know what? I have no idea. I've got no idea. I think it is quite funny that they've really they've really flipped the, on their strategy. They've done a complete U-turn. It, it, before it was, it's the Xbox One because it's the one box you need in your living room. It does everything. It's got it's got the connector. You can do all this hands-free stuff. It will record videos. It will do blah, 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 blah. And then in the end, they've realized that that was not a good play after all. I mean, I don't think it's obvious that it was not going to work out, but it evidently hasn't worked out. I thought it, it was obvious. Because it's not a global strategy. You can yeah. Employ. So in in the US, at least, I think it wasn't obvious that it wouldn't work out. I mean, it's certainly tanked in, you know, most, like, there's literally no reason to buy an Xbox One in Hong Kong. I mean, none of the video stuff works out here. So you're literally buying a less powerful PlayStation 4. I mean, and there's no other advantages to it. But now, now I think they are in a much more compelling position with their new plans, at least. The Plays on Windows 10 stuff is very nice as well, because it's just a much bigger market. And and why not do it? I mean, there's no reason that Microsoft shouldn't be winning on PC as well, given that they're writing the OS. If it's buy once, play anywhere. If you buy, and presumably they'll be at the same price. So we'll have to pay, pay Xbox prices. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Right? Because otherwise you just buy the PC version and then play on the Xbox. I hadn't thought of that. So maybe maybe there is a downside to this too. But, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it. When people get regional pricing, at least. <laughs> regional pricing. <laughs> Gabon. Is that what we're saying these days? <laughs> yes. Gabon. I'm not allowed to say Gay Ben anymore. You can say Gay Ben. Gay Ben. And of course now, Scorpio. Yes. Da -da -da. So what is Scorpio? What is Scorpio? He's a, he's a Bond villain from uh, that Simpsons episode. As well as? As well as the new, more powerful 
Xbox hardware. Yeah, fall 2017. Yes, and... Or holiday 2017. I was surprised because in the run-up to E3, it was all about the PlayStation Neo. Everyone was expecting Sony to announce the Neo, and they had specs, and it was a more powerful PlayStation 4, and the PlayStation 4 was already more powerful than the Xbox One. And so everyone seemed very happy with this new, more powerful console. It's like, oh, I think what we'll be able to do. Very shortly before E3, Sony actually did come out and say, oh, no, no, we're not going to be talking about Neo at E3. And there were rumors of Scorpio, but no one really knew what Scorpio was going to be. And now we've been told that it's monstrously powerful compared to the PlayStation 4 or a PlayStation 4 Neo. I mean, it's still not as powerful as a gaming PC I could buy right now today. But for a console, certainly, it's much more powerful than the Neo. It's interesting that they've actually straight up said it does 4K. It's a 4K console. It's designed from the ground up to do 4K. Because Sony said the Neo was still not really 4K. I mean, it will output 4K, but I think they didn't say that it would do 4K in all their games. Microsoft is saying, oh, it's 4K, it's 4K. And they've made some really ludicrous statements like uncompressed pixels. These are the most beautiful pixels you've ever seen, uh, which I thought was slightly cringeworthy, but certainly powerful. I think they quoted six teraflops yep. GPU uh, horsepower, which is comparable to an NVIDIA 1070. Yes. Which is, slower. yeah, it's like marginally slower than a 1070, but I, I don't know if it's really going to do 4K because I think a 1070 struggles with 4K. I mean, it can do it, but you can't, you definitely can't run 4K 60 hertz with a 1070, and I think it struggles even to do 30. So I don't know whether it's really going to be 4K or whether it's going to be maybe internal rendering resolution of 2K and then upscale it and output over 4K. Yeah, I guess it's like when PS3 could do 1080, but things just came out 720. Or even some weird something between like 960 or... Yeah, I think often they will render it at an internal, a lower internal resolution and then upscale it. Current day, quite a lot of games are a 1080p signal will be coming out of your console, but the internal resolution of the game is like 960 or something. Some games have some sort of dynamic resolution and it'll scale on the fly. Yeah, to maintain a consistent frame rate. So probably a similar kind of trick for 4K on this. That's the only thing I can imagine. And I think later on, I guess they'll have a VR strategy and they'll work with Oculus. I think everyone is expecting them to go the Oculus route, yes. So Microsoft have a very good strategy going forwards. Yeah, it's surprising. I mean, they have done a complete U-turn, but it's looking like the next half of this... Well, I thought it was quite telling. They said the end of generations. That was their segue into this part. They said the end of generations. So, I mean, I'm calling it the second half of this console generation, but really I should probably just say, oh, for the next two or three years, really, it's going to be the Microsoft console that's got the performance lead. It's hard to say, though, because Sony can revise what they're going to put out. And that's the interesting thing, yeah. I mean, if we... I mean, so moving on to the Sony conference then, they didn't announce Neo. They very pointedly did not announce Neo. I do wonder if it's because they realised that it was not going to compete with the Scorpio. You could argue that, oh, they didn't announce it because it's not ready yet, but neither is Scorpio. And so is it that Microsoft got the jump on them and they want to make sure that when they put out the message, it's done on their terms? Actually, funny enough, Scorpio's 
the messaging around Scorpio was similar to what I expected them to say for the Neo, which is, your Xbox One is still an Xbox One, no one gets left behind, we're not going to release games that are only for Scorpio. You know, if you buy a game, it will definitely work on your Xbox One. There's no reason not to buy an Xbox One. There's no reason not to buy an Xbox One S. They very pointedly said, if you don't have a 4K TV, then Xbox One S is for you. Yeah, the reveal has left me very excited. For a Microsoft product, I wonder if Sony can do the same. Yes, at the Sony press conference, they did not announce Neo. But they did announce a lot of games. They announced a lot of games, yeah. Uh, so many games, oh. Should we go with the games or VR, though? Oh, I don't have much to say about their VR stuff. I mean, there was a lot of VR... St- they, they did run through a whole bunch of VR stuff. Resident Evil 7, which I have no interest in playing because I probably wet myself uh, in VR. And they had the the Arkham experience. I don't know what the Batman Arkham VR thing was. We don't. I don't know whether it's a, a short experience or maybe even a medium-length experience or whether it's anything... If there's anything to it, whether it's a AAA full-blown game. Yeah, they didn't show very much of the VR things in the press conference. Obviously, we only just watched the videos, so we weren't there. And I think for the VR announcements, they just mentioned them in the press conference. And a lot of the impressions that are coming out are these behind-closed-doors demos that people who are physically at E3 from major publications got of these VR games. So those people, they played Resident Evil 7, they played the Arkham experience, and, and they had some comments about them. But I don't think I don't think we've got very much to say. So I mean I think we may as well just move on. There was so yeah, because these conferences were just so long and this podcast would be like six hours long if we talked about everything in them. Even though we probably do actually have something to say about quite a lot of the stuff, but I think we're only going to touch on the major things. Yep. Okay, we can move on to the games then. We can start with Last Guardian. So, it's what, nine years? We have a date, though, this year. This year, October 25th? Yes, it's certainly this year. It's been nine years. So, even it skipped the last generation. We didn't get a PS3 game from Team Eco. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah, it was meant to be a PS3 game, and it ended up missing the entire PS3 generation, which was a long generation as well. I think at this stage, I'm more interested at what happens behind the scenes as well as the result. So, for for background, have you played Eco? No. And have you played Shadow of the Colossus? Yes. I've, play, I've played two hours and, and I've also watched a friend play through it. Oh, you've actually watched a friend play through it? Not all of it, but... Okay. Quite so, a bit. But you've... I've played and finished both of them, start to finish. So, I was... I'm definitely very interested by The Last Guardian. The Team Eco Games, they, to me anyway, they're about making you feel something, like this emotional connection with Yorda in Eco, or your horse, of all things. In like Your horse feels like a character, and the Guardians and the, in Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, so I'm curious how... I don't know why it's taken so long. Well, actually, I can probably guess why it's taken so long. I mean, they were trying to make a good game, I can only assume that they're going to make you feel some bond with the last guardian, the wolf, cat, horse, snake, eagle. Did you watch the trailer? I did watch the trailer. It was very short though. But there's two. There's more than one of them. Yeah. It's not. So, so I guess it's not the last one. Oh, or maybe that's not the guardian. Yeah. I mean, this asks all sorts of questions. Exactly. I thought the music was beautiful. I think that was the most striking thing for me. 
the gameplay and things. Oh, it was nothing we hadn't seen before, I don't think. I, I Yeah, I want to play it. I certainly will play it when it comes out. Hopefully, it'll show us why it wasn't cancelled. <laughs> That's what I want to see. I just want to see, I want to know why. You can do a lot of pivoting in nine years. I mean, it was probably like a shopping simulator at one point, And then... You could have cancelled it at that stage, though. <laughs> okay. And then Death Stranding. Oh, Kojima's return. Oh, Did you watch the entrance? Yes. I, I He walked too fast. He was supposed to walk on the magical, like, LED... You know, Sony stage was really impressive. The whole LED gigantic... That, that impressed me. Because, okay, this isn't the game we were going to talk about. But this, how they used the stage for the Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, that was, that was when I really noticed. Wait, the whole stage is LEDs and the shadow. Yeah, but a lot of their effects relied on people walking at the right speed and they clearly needed to rehearse some more. Kojima was just like, oh, I'm going to run down the stairs. It's like, no, it's supposed to be a magic light bridge you're walking on. Jeez. <laughs> the feedback I got was the light guy should be fixing it. Kojima's never at fault. <laughs> Kojima is never wrong. Kojima. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Everyone's losing their minds over this game. What the hell is this game? I'm not actually a massive Metal Gear fanboy, so I think I don't feel quite as... Strongly. ...about it. And given your response to Resident Evil, you, you've, you've probably not played Silent Hills. <laughs> no, I am not good with these kind of games. I actually do quite enjoy playing them, but... I really don't enjoy playing them at the same time. So you put down some choice words about the trailer. I quite liked how you described it. Oh, yeah. I, I think it, I said, like, what? Surreal, oil, cesarean baby, electric five floating figures, dead whales. Like, just... I think I just was just like... It was like catchphrase, say what you see. I just said what I saw. I sound uh, like poetry. Like <laughs> poetry. poetry. Maybe that's actually why I kind of did like it. Like, there was, like, this certain spooky weird metaphysical business going on i think when i first saw the screenshots of it as well i thought that the you know death stranding i thought that the letters were being held up by massive pillars and and that looked really striking but actually it's just ink running down the screen so nah, slightly less exciting uh but still it's way too early to say anything about this really i think it's just funny people's reaction to it more than anything else that's what happens when you have a legacy, I guess. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, he's like, he's such a, he's like an A-list celebrity game dev at this point. So, yeah, I guess he, he can do no wrong, apparently. Yeah, let's see if it's any good. It probably will be good. It's going to be a long way away. Oh, dear. Yeah, long way. Unfortunately, we don't have our pre-E3 episode. <laughs> oh, because yeah. you... <laughs> you asked me about this specifically. You You were... You made a real point of saying, watch the trailer for this and tell me what you think. It was a watch the trailer at this very moment as yeah, well. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, we actually took a break from recording and I watched the trailer for Detroit Become Human. And then you got my immediate reaction to it, which was like, oh, it just looks a bit shit. I like sci-fi, but it just looks kind of meh. Very cliched. Yeah, very cliched. Not not that original. And then I watched the video trailer demo, whatever, at the E3 presser. And now I'm really interested, actually. It looks really intriguing. I don't know if it's going to be any fun. Like, I don't know if it's actually going to be a good game. But the way they showed the scenario playing out, and it, it seemed like they'd really just tried to make it much more, 
I don't know. Despite the fact that obviously they're AIs, they're androids, but trying to make them feel much more human, trying to put in many more motivations, trying to make you connect much more and feel the consequences of you getting it right or screwing up. Like, they they show you messing up and like the hostage being killed. They also show you, imagine, to convince the other droids like to put the gun down and then he immediately gets shot by a load of snipers and he's like you lied to me and it's like oh geez this is terrible or or another one is like i'll kill you and it's like you can't kill me i'm not alive i'm much more interested in it now than i was from that first trailer it's just how many of these moments can they pull in together to build a narrative yes or whether they can be very isolated yeah because heavy rain i played heavy rain and Heavy Rain definitely had some really good moments, and it also had just a lot of guff. Yeah, so it it definitely, the jury's out, but it's now on my radar, rather than being, I'm not interested. They didn't put a date on that, did they? No, no, they didn't. Okay, and the next two are what? Uh, yeah, well, I think it's funny that this is probably the one I think most people are excited for. So, God of War... I don't think anyone's expecting another God of War game. I don't... Have you played the God of War games? Yes. All of them? Nope. Only the last one. Three. I, I can't say the last one because there was a, a fourth. God of War 3. Yeah, because that's the question. Like, where did it... Where did the plot end? I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't think anyone was expecting another God of War game. And I don't know where they left the story. If anyone even cares about the story. Other than perhaps me. But... Kratos, he's we, back. We were expecting another God of War game. We were. I think so. The the God of War players were. They were not going to let this one... Okay, it would. we knew it wouldn't be a continuation. Okay, from what I understood is there wouldn't be a continuation of the story. So, I've heard that this one is not a reboot. It is not a reboot. This is a continuation of the story. So, I watched some other post-press conference stuff and they said they talked to the devs and they they were told that they're not going to talk about the story yet but they will confirm that it is a continuation of the story it's not a reboot the transition will be interesting then well and that's the thing and then and i was joking like oh so kratos has killed the entire greek pantheon and now he's going to move on to the nordic pantheon or it's going to be a fun father and son romp where they you know kill all the nordic gods is he an ice giant i don't know who knows? Who is the who's the Nordic god of war? Who's the Norse god of war? This I don't know. I don't know. Will they give him a yeah, hammer at some point? I don't know. Anyway, I'm not as excited for it just because I haven't played the other God of War games. It looks alright. It's like The Last of Us, but with more violence. But you mentioned it because there's a lot of been a lot of response to it. Oh, I mentioned it just because I think it's the it is the big reveal, isn't it? It's it's a big PlayStation exclusive. Uh, it's a big game that people weren't really expecting. Like, it hadn't been leaked before the conference. Actually, I thought the big game for Sony was the next one we're going to talk about. Okay. Which, which you thought was was not an exclusive. I did, I did not realise this was a PlayStation exclusive, yeah. So, Horizon Zero Dawn is by Guerrilla Games, which they did the Killzone stuff. I don't know if you played any Killzone games. Nope. Okay. And this is their... Well, interesting, you called this well, wait, wait, wait. how would you describe it first what, what did you think of it as i would call it an action rpg i say that i've the rpg elements i've implied onto the game i i've pushed those elements onto the game like i've assumed that animals or well, robots are being taken down for their materials 
and she's scavenging for things. But actually, but I don't know what's actually going on. Yeah, I don't really know either. I think I was I assumed before that it was kind of like arc and it was like a survival game or something which i actually really like as well but there's actually much more story to it it seems and then that's made me really realize that it's actually kind of a lot like zelda or at least the new zelda so the story yeah it, it sounds like it's going to be a very interesting story it's like all the fall of civilization or like the nature's all being replaced by robotic nature instead it, it looks very interesting it looks fun big open world what's important is they've got to put in some law that justifies why the landscape has been replaced by dinosaur robots you know it's cool but it let's hope it's not absurd <laughs> i think we said absurd not absurd <laughs> absurd sorry so we'll see and no coverage for no man's sky but it's coming in august yeah, that's interesting. No courage, no man's sky. Maybe it's because it was meant to be out already. True. Or so so imminently that there's no point. I mean, it's been hyped enough. There's no more surprises left. We... Or, or maybe it's maybe they know it's going to tank. Maybe they know it's a big stinker. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. Anyway, Zelda. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um. I think you. I want to talk about what you thought of Zelda four weeks ago. Yeah, I... Because I asked you about NX hardware. Or did I ask you about NX hardware four weeks ago or six weeks ago? Six weeks ago. And even, oh, then, you, even then you didn't want to talk about the games for NX. Yeah, I, so Nintendo said that the only thing they were going to show at E3 was Zelda. They weren't going to show the NX they were going to bring one game and it was going to be Zelda. And I was thinking, is this some elaborate ruse that can't possibly be true? And just, it's madness. And then you said, you know, are you excited about Zelda? I was like, oh no, I think I'm, you know what? I think I'm done with Zelda. After Skyward Sword, I'm done with Zelda. What can they possibly show me to excite me? And I said, oh, maybe they make a Zelda game that's like Dark Souls. That's very flippant though, by the way. It was just a very flippant comment. But they've really surprised me. I was totally blown away by the Zelda reveal. I was, I saw a little bit of it and then I just wanted to watch more. And I ended up watching the whole four hours of the Treehouse stream where they covered Zelda. So they've made it an open world Zelda game that has elements of certainly, I mean, you, you point out maybe not many elements of, but certainly some elements of Dark Souls and Shadow of the Colossus and Skyrim and all these survival games I love like Ark and Minecraft. You know, they've, they, they've definitely bought it into the 21st century they've taken bits from all of these different genres and they've really they've made something new you, you're looking at me like what really about? i mean it's good it could be really good but it's brought in elements from all those five games is it fair to ask you to explain yourself i think that zelda was just kind of getting a bit a bit stale agreed and it's it's a bold new direction for the series. It's really hard to explain myself. I, I'm not quite sure what to say other than that I watched it and I was hooked. I think the things that really, the things that did really hook me, that made me really interested in it, were the emergent properties of the game. I watched a video where Link is in a windy valley and he cuts down some 
shrubbery and the wind blows them into a fire and they catch fire and the branches are like continue to like tumble down the valley and they set all this grass on fire and then that then sets like this enemy encampment on fire like all these crazy things that can happen and it's not like they've programmed it in like oh well if you cut down this tree then this will happen it's just that if you cut down a tree branches fall down and if branches go in contact with fire they will catch fire and if fire catches grass and the grass catches fire like and you mix that in with the usual explosive barrels and chaos ensues and then the the barrels have physics yeah it's it's very different to what we had before in Zelda, if I'm yeah. honest. And, and there's elements of even like Metal Gear Solid 5. I saw him approaching an enemy encampment and bringing up the Shaker Slate or Sheikah Slate. I don't know how it's like the whole Vive-Vive thing, isn't it? I've clearly got some I-N-E valve confusion. Valve confusion. Valve, valve confusion. Um, and he brings it up and he zooms in and he's marking the enemies. Like, the, you know, like in Metal Gear Solid mm. 5 after he zooms in on them and scans them, he can then see their hit points and he can see, oh, these enemies are regular enemies and this one at the back is actually like an elite and it's got like five times the hit points. So I'm going to avoid that one or I'm going to put a skull on it. So I know that one's the dangerous one. Loads of stuff like that. Loads of clever things. It's really a massive departure for the series. Hmm. As well as the emergent stuff, there's a lot more depth in the mechanics involved. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I was saying the whole Dark Souls thing too. I think like the combat You've got a stamina gauge. Well, I'm not sure the stamina gauge happens when you swing your sword, but there's lots of different weapons. It's not just this is your sword and you've got these five ways you can swing the sword. You you can change weapon, you can throw your weapon and your weapons break and you have to replace them. So it's not a case that, okay, we, we don't know, but it doesn't seem like there will be a master, or maybe there will still be a master. Maybe there will be a master sword. I, I mean, who knows? Yeah. But the journey to the master sword will be a, a lot more interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's very early on. We still don't know a lot. And... The demo at E3 was, I think they said, 1% of the game, which is crazy. So we know, for for instance, there's going to be slots for 15 weapons, 15 shields, 15... Tu- uh, should I call them tunics? Or should I call I them I have no idea. Arm? Like, yeah, armour and stuff. You I mean, you can... Yeah, you can swap in and out your clothes. And you can the- run around in your boxes if you like. And with the armour, there's also temperature resistances as well. So there's a temperature gauge. And on top of that, there's also a... I, I call it a stealth gauge. That's stealth that's meter. probably what it is. Yeah, like a, a noise meter. Yeah, and then mix that in on top of, you know, instead of getting heart pieces for health, the only way to rec- I think the only way to recover health is by eating or scavenging, hunting, and getting food. And up to you, it's up to you whether you cook it or not. Yeah, you could eat it raw. You can cook it. You can go up to a cooking pot and mix ingredients. I mean, this is all. These are all elements like don't starve, for example. Uh, like from survival games. And I saw other ones where he has to cross like a, a gorge or a valley. Or is it a valley? I don't know. It's quite a narrow, it's quite a narrow gap in the landscape. And he cuts down a tree and the tree falls down over the gap and he can walk over the tree. And then again, to show it's not prescripted, you know, they cut down another tree next to the same gap, but they're just facing the wrong way and it just falls into the gap. And then that same tree, if you hit the log when it's on the ground, it'll break into firewood. And then you can drop some firewood and some flint. You can hit it with a metal weapon and it will spark and make a campfire. Uh, it's really, it's really interesting. And I wonder whether the campfires work in the same way as Dark Souls. I, I wonder if that's what started you off down that route. <laughs> I think, I, I, again, more stuff I had read people's impressions on Reddit as well. They were, they mentioned that 
the only NPC I think in the E3 demo because they they pointedly said that they weren't showing any of the villagers or the other NPCs or the storyline yet. I heard it mentioned that if you attack the old man, he will attack you like an like an NPC would in Dark Souls, where if you piss off the NPC, they'll try and kill you. And he said, yeah, the old man will just try and murder you if you if you attack him. So I think that's where I was getting the Dark Souls vibe from. Okay. It's still too early to say whether it's going to be really, really good. It, it could still be bad. I, I don't think so. But you do have the problem that it could be a massive open world, but it's just boring. Uh, this is the stuff I was saying about No Man's Sky, where even with procedural generation, you've got an infinite world, but it's just the same things over and over again. It's not interesting. And that's the question. Will it be an interesting world? It's massive, but will they manage to make it a fun place to to be because they showed these uh shrines i think they showed four shrines in the e3 demo and on the treehouse stream they showed an extra two that weren't in the demo area i got the impression that there are dozens of these shrines so they're not like the dungeons they're not like the you know the eight dungeons of zelda games that are several hours long maybe each these are all relatively short well they're kind of like dungeons but they're much shorter and they reminded me a lot more of like Skyrim dungeons, which are not really interesting after the first one or two. And so I guess that is what I'm worried about could be the downfall of this game. It might be a massive map, but is it going to be interesting? You know, once you've set fire to a valley once, is it still going to be fun to set fire to everything? But there'll be the usual different types of worlds, right? So there'll be like a, a snow or ice area. There'll be a a water, like a massive body of water, probably. And we, we always saw the forest area, presumably. And there'll be like a, like a cap, like a, a drier, deserty type of landscape as well. So there'll be the, those usual landscapes. So they can, I don't know if they can riff off that or whether it'll just be same again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, changing the landscape is just changing the way things look, but. What I mean is the emergent stuff, how much more can there really be? I mean, they showed adding these runes to your slate and that give you abilities to like make bombs, uh, this magnetic power so you can lift metal objects, uh, the time stop power so you can freeze an object and then whack it and then all the momentum stored while it was frozen gets released in one go. So you can like move massive boulders that normally you wouldn't be able to budge, but if you freeze it and hit it loads of times, it's as if you hit it once with a really massive uh, attack rather than like chipping away at it with your fist i don't know how many more powers like this there are really going to be are these four powers really going to be in the one percent of the game and we're going to get what 400 powers i mean that doesn't make sense no that's why i'm wondering what is the rest of the game really going to be like are they going to maintain this level of interest throughout but there's definitely scope for it i mean is it going to be wall-to-wall surprises it, it genuinely could be uh, I, the other thing about the aesthetic that I liked, it reminded me a lot of uh, Laputa, like the uh, Studio Ghibli film. They showed Link fighting a couple of these guardians, partially broken ones, but even then they were quite terrifying. Like they shoot massive lasers out of their eyes. So the aesthetic's really good. And you can tell that the game is definitely going to get much more interesting and much harder combat mechanics wise, because later on these guardians are moving as well. I think they'll be chasing after you there are videos of him having to fight it on horseback, running around it, dodging laser beams and trying to shoot it in the eye. There was an amazing one, actually, where they show him 
setting the ground on fire in front of one of these guardians jumping off the horse and pulling out his paraglider and then the updraft from the fire lifts him into the air and then in midair he pulls out his bow it goes into like bullet time and he shoots it in the eye with like some laser arrow or something it's like this looks incredible i mean there's the potential for amazing things from this game there's so much we don't know for instance, do we know how the hook shot will get built into this? Ah, goodness knows. Exactly. Goodness. Well, are there even other items? I mean, so far, all his abilities have been weapons he's picked up of enemies, like shields and swords from enemies, and these runes from the slate. So we haven't seen any of the classic Zelda stuff. I mean, even he's had a bow, but it's been dropped by an enemy. And he's picked up the bow and then the bow will break after a while. So we haven't seen any permanent items like we have in old Zelda games. So for all we know, maybe there won't be one. I think in summary, what I wrote down in my notes, I said it's just Zelda mixed in with its take on a Western RPG, but streamlined. I mean, we had a massive issue with how Western RPGs aren't that well streamlined. I don't know. Streamlining, I don't don't mind if things aren't streamlined, but if things are streamlined, that's fine as well if it's done in a good way. I referenced all those games before uh, and I stand by it. Like Shadow of Colossus again, there's a lot of climbing mechanics in Zelda with a stamina gauge. I mean, that's straight up Shadow of the Colossus. And even in the demo, there's a massive rock monster that climbs out of the ground and you climb onto its back and attack its weak point. I mean, that's straight up Shadow of the Colossus. And I would say Shadow of the Colossus obviously is not a Western RPG. Oh, that's true, yes. I mean, they're pulling in influences from all sorts of places. I don't think it's that they're trying to ape Western RPGs. Although it does definitely have a more Western RPG feel. but it's definitely still their own thing. They've they've realised that Zelda is losing its magic. I think they've realised that Skyward Sword was a bit of a misstep. It did some things that were very good. It did a lot of things that were really quite mediocre, almost bad. Have you played Skyward Sword? No. Okay. They've taken a long, hard look, and you know they're making they're making something else. Did you read the the article about? The fact that you could complete the game without finishing the story. No, what? So yeah, so this reminded me of you, of what you wanted is you could go straight to the boss, finish the game, and that was it. And you didn't have to go through all the rigmarole of questing and fulfilling people's jobs or quests. Cool, but why not? Yeah, why not? Right. So that and that's the complete opposite of Skyward Sword, right? Where from the sounds of it, you had to, no, from what you told me is that you had to play every level they had given you. There was no secrets, there was nothing that was optional, everything was mandatory. Whereas this takes it to the other extreme. Interesting. I had not heard that. But yeah, that's the sort of thing I do like. I think emergent gameplay is, well, no, I mean, I like a good story too. But if this is the best of both worlds, obviously, then that's the best you can get. I mean, the other thing I wanted to say is I think this is quite telling of what the NX will be because we know this is a launch game for the NX as well. It's going to be Wii U and NX. And in this game, there are no motion controls. And even when you play on the Wii U gamepad, the screen does nothing. Which is unfortunate if you're a Wii U owner. I I am actually genuinely surprised that the screen does nothing. I would have thought that they would have made the screen do some stuff, but 
if the screen does stuff on the Wii U and the NX doesn't have a screen, then that looks bad for the NX. So maybe that's why they've done it. But this actually then makes me think, so the NX, no motion controls, no touchscreen controls. It's going to be a standard controller. Is the NX actually going to be what I said I think it should be? I wonder if it'll look better. I hope it does. Oh, graphically, yeah. Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's very stylized graphically, but if the NX version just has a much better frame rate, then great. I think during the, all the streams I watched, I only saw pop-in once. Yeah, there was some pop-in. There was some pop-in, I did notice a bit. And I think the frame rate did chug on a couple of occasions, but I'm not that sensitive to frame rate anyway. I don't mind too badly. So, so on that note, you ready for NX? Yeah, I'm very interested. The only thing is they had Amiibo support, so that's the only gimmick that's left. And I'm like, oh, wow. Could have left on a high then. Yeah, you know, there's always going to be a fly in the ointment. Still, yes, I'm very interested for NX, and I'm very interested for this Zelda game. So I guess I will be buying an NX now. Okay, I'll get you that Wolf Amiibo you always wanted. (laughs) I'll have to borrow uh, your copy of... Twilight Princess, because that's how the Wolf Amiibo works. You have to have finished the dungeon in Twilight Princess to use it. Seriously? Yeah. There's some dungeon in Twilight Princess, like a challenge dungeon, and it records the number of hearts you had left at the end of the challenge dungeon onto your Wolf Amiibo. And then using that in Breath of the Wild will summon a wolf link with, well, a wolf with that many hearts. There's so many questions. For instance, there's backwards compatibility. Will it be region free? Oh, you mean if the you could, NX? Yeah, if you're going to borrow my copy of Twilight Princess. Oh, jeez, yeah. Oh, let's not go there. On that fucked up rambling note. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like we've rattled through this really fast. I think we went through this like much faster than I expected. It literally just said every point we wrote down went bang 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 yeah i don't know is it fun or is it not fun when it's more or less rambly it may be less fun it feels less fun it does definitely feel less fun because i there were points where i thought i want to ask something inane like oh what did you say something and nuts i thought what kind of nuts i thought no he's talking about something sensible thing <laughs> don't pick up on the fact he said nuts we're trying something different. Fine. We, this time... This, this is a factual podcast. This is a factual podcast. Yeah. Well, I think... Oh, we actually, did... some of it's embellished. <laughs> I'm sure. I think we said that we would try and do things slightly differently. It's like agile. We're iterating. We've got short cycles. Release a podcast at the end of each one. We've changed the pop filter setup. We've put in far more bullet points this time about what we're going to talk about the ac is on the ac is on which may or may not have ruined the recording quality things wearing shorts <laughs> yeah so let's definitely iterate away from that one next time but yeah let's see how it comes out in the edit did you think this one was good did you think this one was bad send us some feedback give us a good rating if you thought it was good send it to us on twitter or email if you thought it was bad are we even ending it here or are we going to go on? No, we're going to end it here. Okay, we're going to end it. Yeah. Allow this. Allow this. So. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. You can contact us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. You can contact us on Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. 
do you want to find us on Reddit? Uh, well, you still can. I'm still doing it. I'm still, I'm still posting each podcast episode on Reddit under slash r slash Lost Lovers Club. Rate and subscribe on iTunes, please, please with cheese. And we are on Twitch sometimes as Lost Lovers Club. I did some streaming of Eve Valkyrie with the Oculus on. How do you scream? How do you scream? How do you, how do you stream? It's streaming the little window that pops up when you play. Okay. It's a terrible video. It's most of me looking confused. Oh, because you have the camera pointing at you. Because I got the camera pointing at me. That's right. It's mostly a, it's mostly a confused mess of me looking all different ways. It'll probably give you motion sickness, uh, when you watch it. But you know, I did it. So if we had time and we took this more seriously, we should do a talk over of Mike streaming his <laughs> Oculus. <laughs> Because even you don't know what you look like. I'm thinking, how meta can we get? We can do a talk over of my stream of the Oculus. And then we can do a talk over of our talk over of the stream of the Oculus. And then, then later on, we can rewatch that talk over in the Oculus and then do a talk over of that. Sorry. Yeah, we can do it virtually. <laughs> a virtual talk over. Yeah. I can do it in my place. You can do it at your place. It'll be an Oculus. Let's do this. Yeah. When you get your, are you going to buy a PlayStation VR? No. <laughs> this is a total tangent. Let's move on. Let's end this. What did we even say? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.